Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others to let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. Coming back on the program again is Rachel Hayes, Certified Strength and Conditioning Coach. Rachel, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me, Marcus. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking about specifically sort of geared towards our high school athletes. Here in West Virginia, Rachel, our athletes, uh, high school athletes, began uh, practicing this week. So everything is mm-hmm. brand new. Obviously, we've got a, a different way of doing things uh, this, uh, this season. Um, and I wanted to kind of go over some areas uh, that are within your expertise to help our coaches, uh, because we have I mean, we do have a lot of coaches that may not necessarily have a ton of soccer experience, uh, but they're out there leading our teams uh, here in the state and want to be able to keep our players as healthy and as safe as humanly possible. So the first question uh, that I have for you is, as our high school coaches are beginning trainings this week, what are some of the main things that they should be looking to do to get their players back into season? Um, well, there's a lot, obviously. Um, everything's new, like you, uh, like you mentioned, and especially with um, you know, the last five to six months being um, everyone in quarantine and in different, you know, different situations. I've got my kids coming back now. We don't have our soccer kids back, but uh, I trained my basketball, my girls' basketball team for the first time today, and uh, you know, I've got a handful of kids who were able, have been able to lift weights and train, um, and I have, I have a, another handful, almost half, that haven't. And so, um, you know, everyone kind of needs to to be safe. Everyone kind of just needs to start on the same page. Um, that way the coach's attention can be, you know, um, on the same thing for everybody. Um, take a less is more approach. Um, you know, you know, you don't know what necessarily what your kids may or may not have been doing. Um, a lot of kids have been, you know, uh, surfing the couch. Um, and you know, that's perfectly fine, but trying to, trying to ramp them up into, you know, a full blown a hundred percent full go practice right off the bat can be, um, really detrimental, um, their health so i definitely say just to, you know try to try to acclimate them to where you want to end up um you know start with shorter practices uh, maybe add something new uh each week or increase the duration uh, of each drill each week you know just add a little bit um make sure they're getting a good warm-up um you know just keeping the quality over quantity in mind and you bring up such a great point of, of sometimes we get caught up in doing things, you know, too much too soon uh, when the players aren't actually ready. And I would I would safely assume that this is probably I mean, I know that, you know, you always ask, well, you know, did you do the training off season training program? And I think this would probably be the the season where a lot of them maybe didn't do it as uh, vivaciously as maybe they have in the past, you know, just because of the situation going on in the world. Um, you know, talk to us about some of the problems that uh, we could experience with our players if our coaches get caught up in that doing too much too soon. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
And, and that's a great point about the off-season programs. You know, um, I've got some of my kids, you know, I've been sending out workouts, you know, through this whole ordeal. Um, but I can tell by, you know, how they're moving when I finally get to see them again. Like today, for instance, I'm like having a coach's eye being together as a team. Um, you know, it just changes the whole dynamic. And so whether or not um, they've been doing that program, um, like I said, you know, previously, um, just trying to take a less is more approach and keep everyone on the same page. Um, because when you try to do too much too soon, um, if you can kind of imagine like a line graph, you know, you have a, you have an increase um, going up gradually. But if you all of a sudden try to take that line graph and just ramp it up to where it's, you know, completely vertical, um, that's kind of like what, what you'd be doing to these kids. And um, that training volume or physical stress, um, you know, happening too quickly um, definitely increases their risk for injuries um, just because it's, it's all brand new again. Um, and they haven't been doing as much as maybe they were, you know, in March, um, before everything happened. Um, it's also important that, uh, you know, coaches remember that fitness and skill development, all those things are, are a marathon and, you know, trying to cram it all in the first few days or weeks or whatever, like, it's just, you know, that's just not reasonable. It's not going to happen. Um, meet your kids where they are, uh, your athletes where they are, um, there's a lot of things that look different for a lot of athletes now, you know, um, what's going on in their families, um, you know, with economic stress. And so there's just a lot of things to consider before you, you know, really just, you know, slam your foot down on the gas and, and try to go a hundred percent right off the bat. Definitely give them a break, meet them where they are. Now, I don't know how things are down uh, down your way as far as the soccer season here in West Virginia. Uh, honestly, it's a pretty heavy workload for the kids um, just based upon the number of weeks that uh, they have for the season that's authorized uh, through the state. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, I know based upon my daughter's past experience dealing with two to three matches per week um, and having very little recovery time for the players, what are some things that our high school coaches can do to keep their players healthy and relatively injury-free during the season? Yeah, um, a lot of things there, too. Um, you know, remembering that uh, more is not better. You know, it's just more. Um, the, the whole quality over quantity thing that we talked about. Um, so, you know, meeting them where they are, um, gradually exposing them to uh, more intense practices or longer practices um so they're getting exposure to that stress um in a progressive way um you know encourage uh timely post-game or post-practice nutrition um i know my some of my kids like i'll ask them and they you know they may go straight home and they're tired or they want to go somewhere with their friends and and it may end end up being like several hours you know before they they've eaten um, since the end of practice or an end of game. And that, that window is really critical for athletes. Um, and so trying to encourage them to, you know, get home um, or get somewhere and have, have a, a good solid meal with protein and carbohydrates. Um, sleep. Um, coaches need to um, really, really enforce and encourage sleeping, getting to bed um, on time. I know this whole, like the whole COVID situation has really screwed up everybody's, you know, timetable, mine included, but, uh, it's really the best recovery tool available. Um, especially for adolescent athletes and adolescent kids. Um, that's just such a critical time in their development. There's so much going on. Um, 
and the sleep not only is going to help restore, um, you know, physical damage that's been done through training, but just all the growth that's taking place. So I would definitely encourage coaches to, um, to really talk about, talk to their kids about sleep. Um, especially if you're having a, a late night game, um, there's a lot of times where I'll communicate with our soccer coach and she's, you know, telling me this game was brutal. We're getting back late and I'm, and I'm going to opt to let them sleep rather than come in the next morning just because it's there's nothing I can do to um, benefit them more than that. You know, um, a side avenue that I kind of want to go down uh, with you talking about mm-hmm. how, how talk to us about what your thoughts are. And I know that there's various opinions in regards to this, but talk to us about your thoughts on making sure that when the kids come into a practice session uh, that they have a warm up and then when they're done or even after a match that they have a cool down. Talk to us a little bit about that and some of the benefits from that. Yeah. Um, it's really important. I know that that warm up kind of can just, it's just kind of one of those terms that it's not new. Um, it's, it's not new to training. It's, it's an old school term. It just kind of gets thrown around get your warm up. Yeah. It's just kind of like the go through the motion type thing, but really it, it, it sets the tone for everything. And, um, we, we take it, I take it very seriously, um, especially a pre-practice or pre-game warm up. Um, there's a lot of good resources out there on social media you can find. Um, in particular for soccer, um, there's a warm-up called the FIFA 11. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we use that. Um, there's, there's like three different uh, levels, I think, for that. And, um, and I'll modify it sometimes, you know. Um, but if you're just a high school, if you're just a coach, if you're a high school coach and, you know, you don't really – you're not really sure about what to do. That's a perfect, that's a perfect way, um, a really good resource for you to implement. Um, obviously, you know, if you look at it, there's some things that are not going to be applicable for, you know, younger kids or even your high school age kids. It, um, it's just not going to fit in the time parameters you have for warm up. but you can definitely take uh, parts of it um, and apply it. Um, but we, we are, we're a big believer in, um, thorough warm-ups um, and trying to just trying to, you know, you're, we're trying to always put our, our kids and our athletes in the best possible position to succeed. And that starts with the warm-up. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes the warm-up is go run two laps around the field and then get in a circle and do static stretching where you count it out one, two, yeah. three, four, you know, stuff like that. And honestly, right. honestly, that kind of drives me crazy. Uh, when I see that, and and I, it's, it, I laughed when you mentioned uh, uh, the FIFA 11, is the fact that I used that program when I coached uh, when I coached school ball, and uh-huh. because the season the season before uh, when I was an assistant, we had just a, a plethora of injuries on the team, and then we implemented the the program the next year, and you wouldn't believe how dramatically the injuries decreased. Uh, mm-hmm. when we did that program, it was just amazing. I mean, it was mostly the same athletes from that one year to the next year, but I, I just really can't, uh, stress enough. Just, I think in my opinion, just how important, uh, that warm up is. And, and also to having, having a good cool down afterwards. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Your warm up. um, just to touch on that a little bit more yet, yeah, your warm up should definitely uh, mimic what you're about to do. And so, 
you know, just jogging around or just bending over and touching your toes, like that doesn't really mimic soccer movements at all. Um, you you want to prime the body. It's getting, you know, you're getting ready to, to sprint and change directions and, um, you know, a, apply all this force to your body, accept all this force. So you, you want to prepare it for that as much as you can. Um, and then, yeah, cool down. Um, there's a lot of different um, thoughts on, on different cool downs, um, you know, a little bit of static stretching there, some mobility work. Um, some people like to take little, uh, you know, short jogs or walks. Um, it, it just kind of depends, you know, what you have time for, what, uh, what works for you. Um, but yeah, bringing your body back down, um, and trying to hit on, um, the areas that you've just used a lot. Um, it's important for sure. I am a, and you know, this, I am a firm believer in strength and conditioning coaches. I wish that we had the same, uh, uh, same policies and philosophies that you guys have down your way. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I wish we had that up here and that was something that, uh, our schools had access to more. Um, I know my daughter, we had a strength and conditioning coach on our own, uh, to help her out, but I'm just such a firm believer. And one of the things, um, that I see, uh, is that those that start doing some sort of strength and conditioning program, whether it's just through the coach, through the football weight room or whatever, uh, they stop doing that strength and conditioning once the season begins because they get tied up in, well, you know, we got three matches this week and there's a mandatory day off that they have to have on Sunday and we, we have to practice, you know, we have to work on our passing. We have to mm -hmm. do that. And they stop altogether doing the strength and conditioning. How can this mm -hmm. be by doing that? How can this be an issue for our players by stopping that? Um, well, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think, um, I think there's a misunderstanding when it comes to strength training, especially in season. Um, it, you know, you do all this work through the off season, preseason, and then you all, you know, you just stop. Well, you know, you wouldn't strength expressing strength and developing strength as, as a skill, just as much as, um, you know, any type of skill you're going to develop on the field. Um, and so you don't, you don't really, you don't want to stop that at all. Um, it definitely is not, you know, once season hits, the weight room is definitely not the, the focus anymore. Um, and so it is going to take a little bit of a backseat, but um, stopping it all together gets the athlete out of that, that rhythm. It gets them out of that consistency. Um, and, you know, there are times I would advocate for, you know, during preseason, for instance, um, you know, our high school team may play just an, an incredible amount of games in a short period of time. You know, in that case, yeah, we may take um, a day off, but we're still going to do um, some sort of mobility work, some sort of recovery circuit. We're going to involve a little bit of core work. Um, we're trying to keep it as consistent as possible um, because then when you try to get back into it, if you if you try to get back into it, um, that can be a really big shock to the body. Um, so, and in season, that's just not, that's not the, that's not what you want to do. You don't want your kids to be sore, um, or stiff from, um, an inconsistent exposure to the weight room, because then that can also increase their likelihood of injury on the field. Um, keeping the strength training during, uh, keeping it consistent during the season is, is good for the tissue. It keeps it more resilient. And by tissue, I mean the, the muscular tissue. Um, it keeps your neuromuscular system primed. So what that means is it keeps the motor units more engaged. Um, 
So that obviously will contribute to performance, but also um, hopefully help decrease the odds of injury um, as you have more control about the joints, especially the knee. Um, and it really just, you know, the weight room, a, a well-designed program is going to keep the body in balance. Um, quad to hamstring ratio, you know, working on the posterior chain, back, glutes, and all those things. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, Erica Sutter, who you've had on your show, I think before your podcast, um, puts a lot of great information out. Um, so I would definitely say if you've got a strength training program going, um, you know, try to get, try to keep that as consistent as possible. Don't, don't drop it off during season. You know, even if it's just once a week, if, if things are really crazy and you're playing a lot of games, just keep it in there once a week, drop the sets down, cut them in half, try to keep it in there. Don't, don't let it, um, don't let that lapse. You know, one of my favorite sayings is you're only valuable to your team when you're actually available to your team. Mm-hmm. Um, what should players be doing and thinking about to keep themselves as injury free as possible? Um, yeah, I like that saying too. Your yeah, your best availability or your best ability is your availability. Um, yeah, uh, you don't want to you don't want to derail your future um, in, in, in through an injury, um, and, and there are definitely a lot of controllables for that. You know, um, like we talked about um, a, a warm up, um, getting a thorough warm up, um, keep you tr- you keep your strength training consistent. Um, you know, try to manage stress. Um, kids definitely get stress and experience stress just like adults do, um, and that you know everything isn't isolated in the body; it all accumulates. Um, and there's a lot of things that can contribute to, um, an injury happening. Um, we've talked about, um, you know, getting adequate nutrition, making sure you're eating, um, you know, after games, after practice, um, getting your sleep. Uh, I always try to ask my athletes lately, especially I, I ask them, I say, raise your hand if you went to bed before the AM and, uh, <laughs> I want, I, I, you know, I want a hundred percent, like everyone went to bed before 12 and, it, and it's been pretty good lately, but. Um, I just think that sleep is, um, especially for adolescents, is such, um, it gets talked about and thrown about. And, you know, when you're that age, you don't want to go to sleep. You want to stay up. But um, it's really, really important that you're getting your rest. Your body literally repairs itself at night while you're sleeping in different phases of sleep. Um, It also builds your immunity and keeps you uh, healthy. So, um, you know, the one thing about keeping yourself injury-free, I would say, is get that sleep as much as you can. One thing, too, um, I think that probably is beneficial, and you can probably elaborate a little bit on this, is being honest with your coach or even your if you have the luxury of having a strength and conditioning coach in regards to injuries and talking about I know a lot of athletes are kind of shy to mention that they've got some sort of an injury because, well, I don't want them to take me out. I don't want to sit the bench. and. Things along mm-hmm. that lines. Can you talk just a little bit about that, of being honest about injuries with, with your coach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, and you bring up a good point about kids, um, you know, being a little bit shy sometimes, um, and that's definitely true. I, I want to say, and I do have a good relationship with all my kids, but um, I have to keep, I keep a watchful eye on them. Um, I, I know their, their movements, how they move, and if something's off, I'll, I'll ask them myself. Um, but if you're a coach, um, let me talk about that on the other side. You know, you, you should definitely have an eye for your kids. You should definitely be paying attention to them. Um, you want to encourage um, an open door um, policy and relationship there where 
um, the kids feel like your athletes feel like they can come and communicate with you about something because I know that I see on social media a lot, you know, coaches want their kids to communicate. They want them to look you in the eye and they want you to, you know, they want their kids to, to, to model all these behaviors. And yet, you know, a kid may take a chance and come forward and say, Hey coach, you know, this has been bothering me and a coach may just lose their mind. And, and so it's like, you put this, you put your, you put your athlete in this weird position where they don't know what to do. So on the coaching side, I think definitely be, um, be receptive, um, and be approachable. If you're an athlete, um, you know, it's, it's a serious business. If you're feeling sick, you're feeling hurt. Um, you know, you do need to speak up. Um, and because let's face it, like if you tweak your ankle or your knee doesn't feel right, like trying to keep playing, um, is probably not going to turn out for the best. Um, it's not going to make it better. Um, so definitely communication is important there, um, for yourself. Um, one thing uh, or one subject I don't think it's talked about enough, and I really want to address it here in this podcast, is talking about heat stroke and heat exhaustion with players and the things that coaches and players can do to prevent this. Because honestly, I, you know, you see it in the news every single season, you know, um, player passes away because of. Uh, something like this and you know it's one of those things I I believe that is preventable and needs to you know our coaches need to be extremely aware of that Uh, talk to us a little bit about that yeah absolutely Um, you know we're kind of we're in a um, when it's summertime it's humid we're even we're in an almost worse situation now because um, kids are deconditioned Um, they're deconditioned um, in a physiological way, they're deconditioned because they may or may not have been outdoors. And so you combine those, those two, that heat and that humidity. And then they're also, you know, their, their baseline conditioning level is even lower. Um, and then you, you know, you're trying to push them, uh, that just is a recipe for disaster. So I do think that's a really important thing to talk about. Um, you know, uh, wearing loose fitting, lightweight clothing, um, you know, with soccer, I don't think, you know, it's hopefully there's not, you know, you're not wearing tight stuff. You got, you got a, a lighter colored jerseys or tank top. If you're just at practice, you know, it's like, let yourself, let, let your skin breathe. Obviously wear sunscreen. Um, training early in the morning is really going to be probably your best, um, your best bet to get your training in outside. Um, just cause it's, it's cooler. That's the coolest part of the day. Um, you know, you want to be careful if you have dew, if you're in a, a state like Texas or West Virginia has a lot of humidity where the grass is wet. You're obviously going to want to be careful, but, um, taking in adequate fluids, um, you know, you want, like I would, if I'm a coach, I'm going to encourage kids if they need to get water and it's, and it's hot like that, especially in this situation, I'm just going to go ahead and let them, um, I'm not going to give them permission. I'm going to just talk about right, right out front. Like, Hey, it's hot. This is all new. Let's, you know, if you need water, you need to get water. So really encourage the hydration. Um, it's important to observe the heat index, um, which is a combination of like the air temperature and the humidity level. Um, I know West Virginia is, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it can get really humid there. Yes. Um, yeah. So Texas is the same way. Um, and I was honestly looking over, um, some of our, our precautions, uh, precautions, and, and it varies by state, you know, what the, what the extreme level, uh, heat in, heat indexes are. Um, and I was looking over, um, the current one, 
um, that we have here, and was I was astounded by um, what the cutoff is. It's like a heat index of 118. And last week, maybe the week before, we had a heat index of one, 110 maybe, something up there. And, I mean, it was just miserably hot, right? It's in the middle of the day. I get it. Um, you know, so I just think it really comes down to using common sense don't have your practice in the middle of the day at the hottest time of the day. Um, if it feels like it's miserable, you know, like if it's, if, it, if you have to question it, then I, I, you know, I would call off practice. I would find something to do indoors, um, get inside, get in the weight room. Um, you know, when it comes to conditioning or the intensity of the drills you're using, um, you know, if it's, if you have to have your practice in a hotter time of the day, you know, you're, you need to back off the intensity a little bit. You need to back off the volume because it's really going to impact, um, their performance and you could, you know, we, we want to avoid, um, fatalities and any type of heat sickness, heat illnesses, if possible. One thing I see a lot in high school season is players running laps constantly. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be the go-to, uh, to improve conditioning and fitness. Can you talk to us about some other things coaches can do with players to improve that fitness level? For sure, yeah. Like, like kind of like we talked about with the warm up. Um, you know, your conditioning. You want the conditioning to mimic or to somewhat resemble what, what what's happening in a game. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a jog or, or running some laps every now and then. You know, um, to get loose or maybe it's a recovery week. Um, but if it comes to conditioning, yeah, there's there's a lot better ways. Um, soccer um, soccer athletes sprint a lot, and um, so I encourage a lot of sprinting. Um, hill sprints in particular, I'm a big fan of, um, the incline is going to, um, kind of decrease those impact forces. So if you've got a hill around, um, you know, I, I really encourage that it improves leg strength, ankle strength. I mean, everything, it's a, it's a great tool. If you have a hill, um, tempo running, um, on a turf or a field somewhere. So like 50 to hundred yards, you're going to kind of stride that. Um, it's, so it's not quite a sprint, not quite a, not quite a slow jog. Um, you can use some active recovery. That's, that's how high I am, uh, implement them. So I'll have them run, um, you know, say it's like 70 yards. They may turn around and walk, um, 10 or 20 and then walk back, uh, to that starting line. Um, we use a lot of extended warmups. Um, now, and this is kind of talking more aerobic conditioning. So we're going to take all of our warmup movements, um, and I'm going to string them together and set a timer for like 20 or 25 minutes. Um, and that just, um, you get a lot of good mobility. You get some um, low intensity conditioning there. Um, but like I said, just just try to remember what the game is made of, um, and it's not one one steady state pace. There's a lot of changes of um, positioning and speed there. As we wrap things up, Rachel, if you could just give our coaches one piece of advice to remember this season, what would that one piece of advice be? Well, I'm going to uh, get back on what we said earlier. Um, availability is the best ability. Um, injured, broken down, beat down. Athletes are not they're not going to enjoy their season. Um, so as a coach, do your part to build them up, take care of them, um, set them up for success now and for in the future. Wonderful. That's great advice. Rachel, I certainly appreciate you coming on our show today and uh, talking a little bit about uh, our high school athletes and to our coaches and trying to keep them healthy, happy, and safe uh, this upcoming season. I appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Always good to chat. 
And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.